And welcome to the bullpen on Tuesday. Both Patrick and Brandon off today. On vacation, although I don't think they're on vacation together. No, I don't think, think there'd so. be anything wrong with that. Just, no, no. I think they went separate. I don't, I don't know. Patrick, I think he was going out east, and Brandon was definitely going to the northwest. So, I'm Johnny Rude, Noah Kreitz over there. We stopped in yesterday to say hi. We're back again today. If you want to join us, we'd love that. 512 834 1027. Got a lot to chat about today. We of course, do. it's the trade deadline in the NFL, and it's starting to heat up and get hot and heavy. Especially if you're in the NFC North. Which we're fans of. Uh, which yeah. we are, which we won't talk too much about, because we do have some other news concerning uh, UT and Dallas as well. So far, Dallas has yet to really put their toe in that pool. Although I guess technically they did last week when they went out and got the uh, the guy from the Las Vegas Raiders. So, But they've been quiet today, although Jerry said this morning that he is considering options. Not offers, options. So that means, who knows? We'll have to who wait knows? We'll see but in the next two hours, right? In the last few hours, this being the most recent, the Chicago Bears have traded for uh, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool, which I'm kind of surprised a little bit to see them go out, but I'm kind of glad because over the last, well, earlier today, they gave away not just their best player, but the number one tackler in the NFL in Roquan Smith. They traded him to, to Baltimore. And then last week, of course, they sent their best lineman to... The Phillies, not uh, Phillies. Oh, See, I've got, yeah. got the yeah, I've got the <laughs> Phillies yeah. on the mind. Right, I've got the World Series. We'll talk no, about yeah. that too. I, Bears kind of doing something different here, where they're trading away. I think with Roquan, he's already talked about wanting to get away from there, and they got to pay him a contract, right? Well, Coming he said before that. the season even started, he said, "Give me a contract, right. or I'm done." And then they said, "Well, we're not going to give you a contract." So he was like, "Well, eh, okay." And we figured it was going to come at some point. I thought maybe he'd get through the season. I think he went for a second and fourth round pick. It was second and fifth, I second believe. Fifth. Yeah, but that you know, for the Ravens, they're getting that. Tra- I think that division they see, hey, this is open, especially with the outcome last night of Cincinnati not looking amazing, especially without Chase. Isn't it amazing yeah. what some of these big names? I mean, he's not just the Bears leading; he's the number one tackler yeah. in the NFL, and he's going for a second and a Crazy. fifth rounder. Chase Claypool at one point was like it was Pittsburgh's number one receiver. Right, he's going for just a second round, pick. Second just rounder. one thing, just a second round pick. So it's amazing that some of these bigger names are going for not a number one pick, not another, even not even another name. Like they're not even trading for people. Yeah. They're just giving picks at this point. Well, eventually they'll turn into people, but right now it's just picks. The day and age we're living in, I think everyone just values the you know higher picks. Uh, the teams that are just knowing, hey, we're not great. Like my Detroit Lions here, they just traded uh, the Viking to the Vikings. T.J. Hawkinson. I mean, that was our first round pick a few years ago. Was with the Bob Quinn regime, uh, but you know, I mean, we traded him away for a second rounder this upcoming year and a third rounder next year. That guy's a top ten, maybe top five tight end if he's playing well. And Minnesota just made a big jump. Exactly. Another guy who needs to get paid though and they were in need because their their tight end or smith just recently got hurt but that's like a ba- that's one of the right. original like no-nos like you know you're not supposed to trade to one of the teams that's in your division and yeah it's funny they've been doing that too when they uh acquired uh jameson williams who's still out from uh from alabama in the draft they trade up to 12 with minnesota two young gms that are in division do not care they're still trading around which is not historically normal in the NFL. Not at all. So those are some of the big, big trades that we've had in the last, at least just at least since this morning, and we will talk more if they come up as the hour goes on. We'll be with you till 2 o'clock. Other news that I heard that uh, Jason and CJ were trying to get to, and then they got on a soccer kick, and I love listening to CJ talk soccer. Yep. He's so passionate about that. Yes. But if you haven't heard, we'll switch to the NBA real quick. The Nets have parted way with their coach, Nash, after, well, not the greatest of all starts, 
And if you remember, a month and a half ago, one Mr. Kevin Durant saying, trade me or fire the coaches. At that point, the owner said, nope, we've got coaches back. And the GM. He didn't just want the coach. He wanted the GM fired, too. And he said, no, we've got their backs. And now just a few games into the season, there goes the coach. The writing's been on the wall there, uh, not even with KD, just some of the players talking about how they feel about Steve Nash. I've seen it all around, and it, this was this was going to happen here pretty soon. He was doing TikTok dances uh, once they lost uh, in the playoffs right after the fact. So I don't yeah. know if Steve Nash's mind, as much as I liked him as a player, uh, you know, I, I just think this was this was bound to happen at some point. KD's more important to them than Steve Nash is. Clearly. It is, and I mean, I was I was kind of surprised at the time that first of all, KD was going to make that demand. You know, hey, right. either they go or or you need to trade me, and he's got a lot of money that he's making, so not a lot of teams were probably going to jump at that. But the ownership was very quick to back both Steve Nash and their GM, whose name's escaping me right now. But now here we are; they're off to a bad start, and it's gone downhill quickly. Let's keep in mind these guys were supposed to be. The team. The team, yeah. And it, it's the not team. happening. And so they're, and I guess you have to make changes, and it's usually the coach that goes. Exactly, yeah. And then now they're looking at uh, I'm Udoka and then Quinn Snyder, which was Utah's coach. Those are the two front runners right now. Udoka, with everything around him right now, is just going to be interesting. It just seems like an environment in Brooklyn where you get a guy like that who already has a lot of concerns. I don't know if that's going to help everything. I think Quinn Snyder from Utah gets you a little more stability as a coach. So I could see them going that way. But it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. A lot of drama always in Brooklyn. It feels like it's going to be that way. And they're just, the East is only getting better. Yes, uh, It's younger and getting better, and they're just kind of fading out. I just don't see this team, unless things click completely, as a real threat to the Bucks, Philly, even the Miami Heat as this point right now. And I think, you know, especially here in Austin, without us having a professional basketball team, I, mean, we, I know we have one in San Antonio, there's one in Dallas, but the, the Spurs haven't been great the last couple mm, of years, no. and Dallas is—I mean, I know it's a few—it's a couple hundred miles away, but that, we don't really talk a lot about Dallas Mavericks. So I think a lot of Austin sometimes doesn't realize with the NBA how big these stories are. And right. I mean, this is one of the latest breaking stories that we've had in the last couple of hours, and we're just keeping you up to date. But yeah, the NBA—it's there's a lot of things that are going on. That's some big money that's just swapping hands, and and these players are getting—I mean, they can be sitting on the bench and making thirty-two million dollars a year. Yeah, it's, it's crazy money that the NBA crazy. does. Also, we were going to talk about this yesterday, and we got sidetracked, as, as can commonly happen. If you missed it over the weekend, the Big 12. Yes, sir. They have officially... Big contract. New, yeah. You talk about a big new contract with Fox and ESPN. Multiple outlets have already said it, and now it's official. It's a six-year deal worth $2.28 billion, with yep. a B. <laughs> and that means teams like, even though Texas and Oklahoma are going to be out shortly... That means all these other members, including the four recent additions, let's count them up, Houston, BYU, UCF, and Cincinnati, they're going to be making roughly $31 million annually in the conference revenue sharing. Yeah. that's If you, if you think about it, a, a, I mean, I know Cincinnati, UCF, they've had some years. BYU, I mean, I mean Houston, they can be good. They're going to be making big bucks, and they're going to be playing with some big teams now. I think it was a good decision just going back to getting those four teams in the Big 12. I think they saw the writing on the wall with Big 10 going to get a USC and UCLA. Yep. Obviously, a Big 10 guy here, so that was huge for us after SEC says, hey, we're going to go get Oklahoma and Texas. The Big 12 wants to be relevant, and they go get four football programs that have been very good over the years. I just think fit the mold. And then they're signing a big deal here. So it, to me, it's going to be interesting to see later on, just getting into all this conference realignment, you know what the Pac-12 will become. They're obviously their deal. They're trying to figure out there. 
Uh, and then obviously ACC, are they just going to stay put? I'm excited to see how this all unfolds, especially now with the Big Ten completely on the West Coast. And then you're just picking off all these teams. The geography in the Big 12 is all across yeah, the board. It's I mean, that, it's gone. It's going it it it's it's to be, it's just a name anymore. Yeah, so is the exactly. Big Ten. I mean, the right. SEC, I mean, well, the SEC doesn't have a number behind it, but right. any of these ones that have a number behind it, yeah, it's just, and you're right, it's not like they're just next door neighbors anymore. I mean, you've got. Even like the Big Ten, where you've got teams that are going from Illinois all the way out to Maryland right, to Rutgers play a football is, game. I yeah, mean, it's just yeah. it's it's kind of crazy. And here in Texas, we're going to start seeing that more, especially with the SEC. But I mean, right now, it, it's kind of compact where it's going. You've got Kansas, Kansas State. You've got Oklahoma, right. Oklahoma State, TCU. It's all right in regional. Well, that's going away, and it's going away big time. Yeah, it's interesting. See, it's all about money, right? I mean, especially now that we're going to have a twelve-team playoff. I think that the super conferences and all these smaller conferences will just see how that, hopefully it helps them. Yeah, that's the thing, like a Cincinnati last year who made it, right? I think of that. Now they're getting into the Big 12 where they can get more exposure. But what about those smaller conferences? How is this going to affect them with uh, now more playoff spots? You'd hope that the smaller teams kind of make it in because that's kind of the fun part of it. With the four teams, it's just so tough to get in. Right. But now these conferences are changing up. The playoff format's going to change. It's in these next you know next decade of college football is going to look a lot different. When you've got yeah, and you mentioned that because the, the whole decade that and that's kind of where I was going here is. Do you think now with the, it's a very hard solid four team playoff for the for the college football season, right. and you look at some of the teams over the last couple of years who have been that fifth, sixth, seventh, even eighth that could make claim to being why they're in the top four. Could yeah. we see them expanding? And I think it makes sense. And of course, if it makes money, they're going to think it's a good idea too to maybe expand it to four. To, to eight, possibly have a play-in game. Yeah. I mean, it could turn into something like that. And I think as these dollar signs start, you know, ringing in people's ears, they're going to start. Yeah, maybe we should think about that. All about the money, exactly. And unfortunately, that's what it comes down to. It's not so much about, hey, we're going to give four more teams a chance to win the national championship. It's like, oh wait, that's going to put some extra millions of dollars in our pockets. So yeah, let's let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And then just them talking about that with the, that format with twelve. They would have a home game is what it would be. So you get the four with the bye and then a home game coming with that. So Michigan could be hosting uh, Oklahoma State, a Texas. You know, it could have a home game here and a playoff game in Austin. You know, it, right. it, it's a cool idea, and I think it's something they need to expand on, which sounds like they're doing that. So uh, that 12-team playoff, yeah, I don't know when they're supposed to set that. I think they're going to extend it, but they've already talked about it with the officials, and that sounds like that is a full go. Yeah, it's definitely something talked about. It's just when are they going to actually act on right, that? Right, exactly. It's already kind of strange just the way the seasons have gone. I just take a look at take a look at this season. I don't remember UT ever having three home games in a row to start the season. Yeah. I don't remember them having seven home games in the course yeah, of a year. Michigan has eight. They had only it's, four away games this right. year. It's, I, it just seems, and uh, you would think that that would give teams an unfair advantage. Now, Michigan, you no, know, Texas, five and three. Sure. But still, I mean, it is a, it's very strange that we had three straight home games, and now we have, you know, an extra home game. It's just, it's such an amazing kind of, like, I'm all for it. I mean, if we if I can have a home game, I'm I'll I'll be down there at DKR Royal Stadium every time. Yeah, I, it, for me and it, it, with that too, just getting more to the fact with a bigger playoff. I just think they want to avoid. I'm not watching the cheese. It's you know the, the the some of these bowl games are just it's tough. We talked about this yesterday with six and six teams. It's great for some of these smaller programs or teams like you know like Kansas is going to make a bowl game this year if they at least win one more game. That's great, but people care about the playoffs and that's really what's important and they need more than just four teams because it's the Bamas, it's the yep. Georgias, it's Oklahoma's been sneaking in and and Michigan snuck in Ohio State and Clemson. It's only been a few names and people want to see different people in there. All right, we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to go around the Big 12 a little bit more. There's some stories that have popped up and 
How is UT and Taylor Swift connected? Yeah, it's a crazy thing, but it's true. We'll talk about this coming up. This is the bullpen on 102.7 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. And keep that phone line in memory. ESPN Austin 1027, the number 512-834-1027. It's always nice when the channel and the numbers are all the same. Johnny Reard, Noah Kreitz in for Brandon and Patrick on vacation. We've been talking NFL, but we're going to switch over now to Big 12. UT specifically. Missed them last week because they had a bye week. Was that a good thing, a bad thing? Kind of going back and forth. Some said it was a good thing. Some said, up oh, after the loss, maybe they should have kept playing. Well, we've had some different things come up. And let's talk a little bit about that before we talk about how we do believe UT can beat Kansas State this weekend. I, I mean, they're statistically, they're three-point favorites right now. Yeah. But this was a poll that came out after the game against Oklahoma State. A whopping 70% said that Quinn Ewers should have been benched in the second half. Remember, they had a 17-point lead, They and then Quinn was 19 for 49. Now, I'm not great with math, but that's less than 50%. That would be. And so we brought up, I was on with Ed Clemens, and it was the, the Monday after that game, and we talked about the fact that should he have been benched and bring in Hudson Card? Again, Coach Sark said before this, when he made Quinn the starter, he said, that's why it's so important for us to have Hudson Card, because he's going he's gonna to need to play a major role for us. Well, he was his chance on that Sunday, on that Saturday, and 70% of those watching that game that were surveyed agreed that, yes, they should have pulled. And again, when you look at Hudson, he's capable, and Quinn still trying to get used to playing in college football. Yeah, that's the thing there. And, you know, you got a competitive game. So, yeah, that was one thing that came out this week also. Talking about uh, Coach Sark, he had his press conference and went over some variety of different topics. I'm sure they'll have the all the audio format with Ed and Beto later today. But no real big bombshells. He said they didn't take their off week lightly. They aren't taking any weeks for granted, and, and they can't, because we're going to go through not just the Big 12 standings here in a moment. We're also going to go through what remains and what schedules look like. So they can't take anything for, for granted, but no one's... Noah's really dug in here, and he's found a way that UT, maybe the second half we might not have to worry so much because, well, it turns out K-State likes to give the ball away. Well, they, they forced the turnovers is one thing, though, that I was going to touch on. That's the issue going into this. They like to run a lot of counter and power. I've watched a little bit of them now getting down here. Um, and it's going to be a night game in Manhattan, just mm-hmm. to highlight that game there. Uh, they forced all their turnovers, and this is the thing, at home, 14 turnovers have been forced at home. Uh, so they, they know how to, you know, they can intercept, they can fumble at home, they don't do anything on the road. But this is in Manhattan, so that's the important thing here. I think that's going to be, for Texas to win this, don't turn over the ball, obviously. Um, like I said, they do a lot of counter and power. It's an interesting offense. I don't know if Will Howard or Adrian Martinez is going to start. I don't think they know yet. Well, Howard had a really good game against Oklahoma State. I believe he had four touchdowns. Uh, but Adrian Martinez has played well. He's proven. Uh, that'll be an interesting QB battle there uh, to see who's going to start. But they did say it's going to be a 6 o'clock game in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking about it being, I was listening to a Kansas State guy talk about how this is a huge uh, recruiting one for them because it's tough to get those 11 o'clock games for the recruits to come visit, especially in Manhattan, Kansas. They, they got a direct flight from Dallas, yeah, but, yeah, but that's right. about it. Um, so this will be, it'll be rowdy. And of course, against Texas, they're going to be excited after they 
we touched on this yesterday. I mean, 48 nothing is that going to affect them a little bit? A little bit of the hangover of a beating the best I mean, team in what was the best team in the Big 12? I mean, there's something to be said for that if you look at Texas when they romped over Oklahoma in the Red River shootout and then right. kind of laid an egg against Iowa State. Now, they did come back to win that game, but yeah, it's, they had a little issue putting up some points a week after just blowing out Oklahoma. So I'm I'm going to put that motion into and say that's going to happen to Kansas State. Is that they they kind of shot everything last week and now this weekend they're just going to be like, eh, okay, we we might con- we'll put up a few and that and that'll be good for us. I believe they said as well that they're doing the big noon kickoff is going to be TCU Texas Tech, which is a little bit surprising considering the outcome of the Texas Tech game last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that one's a big one too. Just eyes on that as TCU is obviously number one right now in the Big Twelve. Uh, but things could shake up here. I don't know if Texas Tech really has enough juice to to take over there for TCU. But again, Texas got TCU right after Kansas State. Yeah, two you, big games. You never know. I mean, every these games have not gone at all what you would put on paper if you just looked at it statistically. And that's what we're hoping to see this weekend as well. Let's go over the Big 12 standings as it is right now. Because yeah. Texas is still, I mean, if you look at it right now, of course, TCU is going to be on top. They're 8-0 oh overall, 5-0 right. oh in the conference. And then comes Kansas State. Again, that's who Texas plays this weekend. Four and one in the conference, six and two overall. Then you've got a log jam at three and two with Oklahoma State, Baylor, and of course Texas. Now Oklahoma State six and two in the conference. Baylor and Texas five and three. Yeah, six and two overall. With it, they're they're all three and two in conference. Play. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. So, yeah. I'm so they're all they're all jammed. There. That that's why this this last couple four here. Take care, of Kansas State. Give them two losses. Texas gets up to four and two, and they have that head on. You bounce past those guys. You know what I mean? Right. And then TCU, you can take care of business there. Just the way it's set up, which is a little different with Big 12, it's the top two teams, correct? Well, yes. And yeah. if you look at it, I just gave you the top five teams in the Big 12. Right. Their last four games, only one of them, Kansas, is not in that top five. Got you. Yeah, So, exactly. yeah, I mean, it's a tough road, but they're there right now. With You know, you, you get a win. It's got, there's, I mean, they have to win out. I mean, I really feel they have to win out. And Kansas State, that's going to be a tough game. TCU is going to be a tough game, but that'll be here in Austin. Yep. And then Kansas, I mean, years gone by, I would have said, okay, put a W on the board. But like we're looking at Kansas right now, they're five and three overall, two and three in the conference. They've come back to earth a little bit with three losses in a row. I see that, but I mean, still not an easy team to play. And like what happened last year, hate to bring it back up, but that happened. Oh no, you don't have to bring that back up. I mean, (laughs) we all know what happened last, and that was in our own backyard down here, just off I thirty five and MLK. Here's a story that came out, and I thought, I'd almost kind of forgotten about this because he kind of got lost in the shuffle for a while when he was with Houston, and that is former UT running back Deontay Foreman. He is now the what they call veteran running back, which seems hard, but I guess he's been in the league four or five years now. He's now playing for the Carolina Panthers, and since they got rid of Christian McCaffrey, he's the guy. He had three touchdowns last week against the Falcons. 15 carries, 118 yards. And two receptions for 27 yards plus the touchdowns. Great to see any UT alum that's out there doing some great things. And Deonta Foreman is out there. And again, when he first got drafted by Houston coming out of UT, I put him, he was the last pick of my fantasy football. He was on my bench. But I kept hoping to hear his name, but it just never really had some injuries, never quite had that. But glad to see he's getting a chance now in Carolina and not just getting a chance, but making the most of it. So you could say hook him as you cheer on Deonta. I've always got the, the Deontay, name because it's the Foreman, A. Is right. it the E or the A? It's just the, it's hard to pronounce, yeah. but good for him. I'll call him Mr. Foreman. Mr. Foreman. Personally, I don't know him. Tease this before I went to break. I said, apparently, somehow, Taylor Swift and UT Football have connected themselves. 
Now, I know a lot of the, uh, the probably the, the, the people on campus, the students themselves would go, heck yeah, what Taylor Swift and us, yeah, bring it, right? Bring it on, right. Well, it's not quite quite the same thing. Here was the story. So pop star, me, pop music megastar. I'm sorry, she's not just a star, a she's megastar. She's a megastar. She's big time. Taylor Swift, she released a new album apparently a couple weeks ago called Midnight. Now, here's the thing. I on, haven't tuned in. I'll be I, honest I, with I, you. I've heard one of her singles just because, I don't know, there was something in there, sure. but it was a weird video. They had to cut part of it. Anyway, so this was like the hugest, hugest thing on the planet. Again, that's why she's a megastar. But it's the cover art that's causing all these memes. Now, the cover art is just basically a close-up of Taylor looking at a lighter, which doesn't seem that weird. Well, it does seem a little weird. But the way it's kind of shot and the way the title is and the song listings are, it has become a very easy meme to copy. Yeah, easy to meme cover art for sure. So yes. the official Texas Longhorns Twitter feed came up with their own meme and it quite simply is the exact same looking album cover, except instead of Taylor's photo, it's Bevo. There you go. And above it, it says Longhorns, which is where the name of her, and then it's got the list of songs on the side. Would you like to hear the Texas, you, you hear the UT Texas playlist? I would love to hear it. Let's hear it. All right, let's go run these through these quickly. There is Burnt Orange Haze, and then there's Burnt Orange. Apparently, one's a remix, one's not. Anti-OU. Okay. Sports on the field. You're on your own, Bevo. Oh, that seems sad. <laughs> Midnight rain delay. Hook 'em. Volant, vil, vigilante shirt. I can talk. <laughs> Be louved. Ladybird li, li, labyrinth. Sweet tower lightning and moody mastermind. There you go. Well, there you go. Would look. you run? Would you buy that album? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass just today. Maybe if I spend a little more time, you know, listening to Taylor. But I don't think that's gonna be happening. No if offense I got, to Taylor, I think there's enough people listening to her where she'll be okay. If that's available on vinyl, just because I have a yeah, vinyl, I have uh, a vinyl collection, well, I, I would buy that for my vinyl with collection. With Bevo on there, the vinyl, I, I'm with that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, we'll just leave it at that. Plus, you gotta wonder what, that, <laughs> what those songs are gonna sound like, right? Feel sorry for Bevo though. We'll go one more college story before we have to take a break. And this one, if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan... Oh, that's right. You're not going to be happy about this one. Turns out Georgia outside linebacker Nolan Smith, the number one ranked Bulldogs leading pass rusher this season, is going to miss the rest of the season with a torn pectoral muscle. Those do not sound friendly at all. That's no, a bad, bad thing. They do not. I think he still will be okay as a draft pick here. Yes. I know he was top 10 projected. I, I don't see him getting out of the first round here, even with this. I mean, we see these injuries are getting healed up quicker and quicker with modern medicine. But, and yeah, he, it's, it's tough for Georgia. I mean, this is a competitive. They're number one. And, and, and who are they playing next week? Number two, Tennessee. Tennessee. And, of course, Smith, the senior, uh, he has so far with their three sacks, seven tackles for losses, and 16 quarterback hurries. So they're going to miss him quite a bit. And like you said, good thing is it's probably not going to hurt his draft. He's probably going to be ready to go. But, man, if you're a Georgia Bulldog fan right now, bad week for that's it to a happen. bad, bad week for you. Bad. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, the well, World Series was supposed to happen last night. And how the rain delay last night now gives Philadelphia the advantage. Hmm. We'll find out what that's all about coming up. Thanks for listening. This is The Bullpen. We'll be right back. This is the Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Welcome in on the Bullpen on a Tuesday. Brandon and Patrick off on vacation. Johnny Rude, no Kreitz. We still got another 27 minutes to talk sports, and that's exactly what we plan on doing. In fact, we're going to switch around a little bit. We had a little in conversation while we were listening to the commercial breaks, and 
Yeah, there's some things that are going on in the sporting world. Yes, there is. Things are moving around. Talking first, we've mentioned, as we've talked already, some UT football. We've talked, well, the NFL trades. We haven't seen anything else that's hit the headlines so far. The latest being, if you're just joining us, Clay, uh, Jay, Clace, Ch- Claypool. Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool, yeah. It's a bad word day for me today. <laughs> he has been traded from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chicago Bears for a second-round draft pick. Others include Lions tight end Hawkinson going to the Vikings. And they get what did they get for him? They got a uh, second rounder this year, and I believe a third rounder next year. They still had to give away uh, two fourth rounders. I believe it was 2023, 2024. Uh, but, you know, it's like I said, just interesting training in division. And now Minnesota, touching on that real quick, they're taking full advantage of Green Bay just being yeah. uh, not looking like the front runner. Yeah, and they, they just want to take full they advantage. They don't want to take their foot right off now. the gas. And I don't blame them. It's a good move. A report that's here that just came out about 11 minutes ago. The Steelers are actually trying to finalize the trade for the Commanders Jackson. So, wow, yeah. that would be interesting to see, but that's not done deal yet. And of course, the Cowboys still not having stepped into it yet, but there's still time to go. I saw there was Bradley Chubb of yeah, the Broncos have had double digit uh, teams calling in for him, and then Cooks is a name just thrown around there. I know the money they'd have to figure right. out that with other teams, but. I mean, those are the two two big names that we could see going to places. Plus, Kareem Hunt's in that mix exactly. as well. Exactly. There you go, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Elijah Mitchell from the Jets. He's yeah. one that could go as well. So, yeah, there could be some big names still to go. And Bradley Chubb, I mean, they let Vaughn Miller go last year. And, of course, that worked out for Vaughn. Gets a Super Bowl, and now he's <laughs> he's off, and he's playing in Buffalo. But Bradley Chubb, I was actually in Denver when they drafted him, and that was he was... He was the next big thing, and he's played like it when he's, he's not hurt. He's played very well, yeah. So, to see him go somewhere else would be very interesting as well. What else we have to talk about that you got written down over there? Some baseball. We can That's move right. on to that. My guy, Justin Verlander, former Tiger, now obviously Astro, rolling into Philadelphia yesterday, saw this, gave, giving the fans the bird in Philly, but playful, smiling, said, I think he said, quote, just speaking their native language. Well, exactly. Which, I mean, yeah, it's, it's Philadelphia. Philly. Yeah, it's Philly for I mean, you. These yeah. guys throw batteries at Santa Claus. So <laughs> it's not like, you know, you're going to get off the bus and blow them kisses. No. And he did do it in a funny way. Yeah, he wasn't smiling. Like, yeah, it's, they, 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 uh, it's just good banter. Listen, you're going into Philly. They're going to be loud tonight. I'm very excited to see. Like I said yesterday, they were shooting some shots I saw as well. The Houston fans here sounded quiet game two. So hopefully when yeah. they come back, when they do come back, let's say that happens, that the Houston fans will be rowdy. Uh, but yeah, no, Philly, this will be an exciting game. It kind of sucks. It got rained out last night. Yeah. Um, changes it up a little bit. It does change it quite a bit, and it kind of gives it... Philly's kind of got a little, according to what they're saying, the rain rain out last night gives Philly kind of the advantage. A little now bit, sure. Because scheduling wise, there's some changes. Sure. Because now with the rain out last night, we will now have three consecutive nights of games in Philadelphia. There'll be a game tonight, there'll be a game on Wednesday, and there'll be a game on Thursday. All at 7 03, by the way. So if you want to just, you know, you still want to be listening to ESPN Austin Radio, but. You know, if you wanted to Tune put it on your DVR, if that's sure. still a thing. One hundred two. I mean, yeah, you can you you can seven hundred three, and but it's the next three games. So the travel day would be Friday, which then means Saturday, if Sunday. necessary, Saturday and Sunday would be in Houston. And either way, by Sunday, we're going to know who's the World Series champion. Is. That's right. Yeah, they got McCuller still pitching for uh, Houston tonight, and then Suarez for Philly. Uh, this this is a big big game. I mean, obviously we're getting to the point where every game's a huge game, right? But absolutely, it's going to be electric in there, especially with one day delay. I think that everyone the anticipation's only building. Um, hopefully the weather stays well. I'll have to check on that. I didn't hear anything about any rain tonight. No, I didn't see anything um, about so that. We're in the it, it clear, mentioned but. because they were talking about how the next three games will be. They didn't mention yeah. anything about possible rain. So it'll be to see how that's going to play out. Will be fun and just I I really hope Houston. I, 
It's hard to beat a team three times in a row, so we would think that Houston's got a good chance of winning at least one of those games. Yes. But they've already gotten beat one time. I'd, I'd hate to see it end before the weekend. I guess that's really what I'd like yeah, to that, I mean, and I just li- don't think this team, you know, might be... They just don't seem like a team that's going to lose three in a row. No. At all. No, that, not one point this season has that been the case. Especially so. as how hot they were coming yeah. in. And I would like to see Verlander get the monkey off his back. It's sure. just He's right. had a rough few years last couple when he's been in, in the high playoff games. And just to see him get a, a good hard, just a good good victory would be a, really good to see that. I think there's talk about him pitching the fifth game is what the yes. rotation looks like. So that would be the last game in Philadelphia. It would be great to see him be you know successful, even with the Tigers. You know He had some struggles in the playoffs. We made it to two World Series in his time there, and it was the same case. Yeah, Philadelphia is going to be, it looks like, 63 degrees uh, once that first pitch is thrown, and it looks clear, 2% chance of precipitation. We should be set there. There won't be any rain falling from the skies. Just look out for batteries. It is Philadelphia. (laughs) Although the the baseball fans don't seem to be quite as bad as the football fans. but Uh, Because let's face it, the the old Veterans Stadium was the first stadium ever to have a jail in the basement of it. So that's a real true story. But yes, we hope that um, Altuve's bat that was just starting to warm up with with third game is uh, going to continue. But yeah, so with the rain out yesterday, we're now going to have three straight games. They're going to be at 7.03, all in Philadelphia, and in travel on Friday if needed, and then Saturday and Sunday in Houston. Back in Houston, yeah. So hopefully they'll make it back to Houston, and well, that'd be that'd be appropriate. Then Houston can celebrate on their home field. Yes. I yeah. think that's a great way to go. It would be. So there's your look at the World Series, and I would love to have more stats for you, but the game was rained out, so you really can't talk much about a game that was rained out. Did you watch the Browns game last night, Browns-Cincy? That's the one I actually had to pay attention to because we had no baseball. I would love to say I did, but you remember yesterday I mentioned I was moving. The move. So I was delayed because the flooring wasn't set yet, and I had to wait for that. Classic. And that that ended up being even later, so I didn't get in until after 4 p.m., and of course, you know me, it'd be the same thing as any guy that is, you know, likes his digital pattern. First thing I did was I got my Wi-Fi hooked right. up. I got hooked up to everything. I brought my TV over from storage. I got all everything all ready. Except it wouldn't connect. Nope. There you go. And I don't want to mention which service I'm using, but whoever it was I talked to for 45 minutes last night. Oh, I shouldn't say talk to. The one I was on the phone with for 45 minutes, talked to maybe three or four minutes with all that on-hold time. All that music. Didn't quite get me up and running until after 10.30 at night. There you go. You missed it then. Yeah. So, yes, I missed most of the game. I mean, I missed the whole game. It wasn't the most exciting game. Listen, no no offense to Jacoby Brissett, but I've seen a lot of... (laughs) A lot more of him than I've wanted to over the past couple of years. He's a, he's an okay quarterback, but yeah, the Browns won. Uh, Joe Burrow looks, uh, you know, without Jamar Chase, it's just that's his guy. I mean, that's his guy from college. That's been the guy that's yes. gotten them over the hump, got them to the Super Bowl. Um, so you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. I believe he's going to be out for uh, three, four weeks. It sounds like around that time frame. I don't think they put him on IR. Could, no. uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like it. So it should only be a few weeks here, but. That's where we go back to that trade for Roquan Smith, and the Ravens have a full chance of going, hey, listen, Steelers are not the Steelers anymore. No, not even close. The Browns are hanging in there. I believe that was their was that their third third win. I think they're 3-5 and five now after that one, or maybe fourth win. But I know that the Bengals now are, are sitting at 4-4. Four and four. Is that after that game? Is that right? I believe that, yeah. It's none of those, again, it's kind of those, it's one of those divisions where no team has, like, taken control and just said, hey, I'm going to jump out to a huge lead. 
So everybody's still in it. Still it's, in it. I would say the Steelers just it's gonna be tough with that team that they have, but the Browns, the man that shall not be named is coming back in a few weeks too. So I oh, mean Yeah, we didn't even think about that. Yeah. So that's it just waiting for that. And then yeah, the Bengals at four and four. I think the Ravens here, uh, with that move to go get Roquan Smith, that, that division is becoming interesting. It's kinda anyone can take it here. Um, looking at the AFC North, and you were correct. The Bengals now four and four, Browns three, three and, and five. five. So yes, it, um, it, it. Looking at the score, thirty-two to thirteen, eleven points in the first half. Doesn't seem like I missed a whole lot, but I do just like watching football. It's fun to watch. It is, especially when that last game after the Super Bowl's over, and you realize, oh, it's going to be a while. But that's then, the worst. But then you see some random team that's out of like, I don't know. It's usually out in the Northwest somewhere that they start playing on like Tuesday nights, and you're like. I didn't even know it was football season, but I'm going to watch this game. Now. Yep. They got a weird colored field, but I'm going to watch this game. <laughs> and I love that part about it. So, yeah, I'll take any game I can get. I'm still getting used to the AB or the Amazon Prime games. Yeah, that that's they've been bad games, too. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of it. The they've been horrible games. But I don't know because I guess I'm used to, like, channel surfing in between, sure. like, when they go to break or they do something. But you can't do that you with can't. Prime because no, you got stuck in the app. Surf. Right, exactly. And then if you do, then you have to get back in, and you got all you wait for all these login qu- or, or for the buffer times. So you can't channel sh- channel surf. I tried to watch it with that next generation stats. Okay, but that just puts it in a really smaller, smaller frame, screen, and yeah, you're trying that's... to read stats that go way too fast. And it's like, okay, I'm not speed reading a, a football game. Right, and then it kind of reminds me what we were watching Red Zone this weekend too. That happens where they got. They do that octo box and then yes. the double box, and there's a huge play going on. Yeah, I saw Drake London was just running off the field on the other one. I have to get up and physically go to the TV to see, okay, what's the play? And I have a squint, and then they, okay, there's a touchdown. Well, uh, you know, like I said, Drake London was running to the sideline yeah. in the Falcons uh, Carolina game. I, I don't care about that. So they need and to figure out the box situation. Yeah, they you're do right, that a because lot. A, yeah. a four box is good because you can see all four, but. But now an Octobox? The Octobox hey, is wild. Look at Octomom. It's not, it didn't work so great for her. <laughs> she had 25 kids, but only eight of them at one time. But yeah, I mean, you put eight of anything on one screen, it's going to get smaller and smaller. And as you get older, unfortunately, the vision starts to go. You, you don't know anything about that. But trust oh. me, it does. Blind is a bat. You I've don't want to see that. I've got so. the contacts in since I was in sixth grade. So, you know, I, I, Maybe that explains why you're a Detroit fan. <laughs> Do you realize that's Detroit? Maybe, uh, I, yeah, I'm okay. well aware. Yes. Right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up as we get ready to go. And uh, Tuesday, this is the bullpen. It is Johnny Rude. No Kreitz hanging in with Patrick and Brandon, who are going to be out. Although I think I think Brandon's back tomorrow. I think we get him tomorrow. I think we got him tomorrow. But we will be back in a couple moments. This is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Coming into close on a Tuesday bullpen. Johnny Rudno Kreitz in for Brandon and Patrick as they have fun on their vacations. Hopefully they're having fun. You'd hope, right? I would hope so. I mean, I know neither of them are taking like a long family road trip, so that eliminates a lot of the stress <laughs> right there. It does. I know you didn't think we were going to go the whole hour without talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I don't have any fun effects like Ed and Vito do, but... There's some news, and if you are a Cowboy fan, it's good news for you because in a matter of weeks, you might be getting one of your all-stars, all-stars, all your all-pros back. That's right. And that would be? Tyrone Smith. Tyrone Smith. Right. Coming back. That. Tyrone Smith. Right around three to four weeks is the estimated time frame of when he might return. Of course, they thought they might have lost him for the season. He's actually been doing very well in his rehabilitation. 
now just a few weeks away, which would bring him in time for Thanksgiving. That's a big game coming up, That is a big one. Yeah, Jones, one of the Joneses was saying this uh, today that, yep, it sounds like it's a three- or four-week time frame. That's what came out. Um, that would put them right ready for Thanksgiving. They play the New York Giants, who, hey, right there with them in the division. That's a big game uh, coming up there Thanksgiving. So if you're going to have him back there, your offense is already humming. That's just only going to help yeah. with Pollard and when Zeke comes back and yep. whatnot. It, for me with Dallas, it's just going to be, can the defense hold? Can they stop the run? That was one thing that I saw, even though with your Bears, they got dominated, but they could run the ball. And then after this bye, you got Green Bay. I think Green Bay is going to have to run the ball now yeah. just with the lack of weapons that they have in the way. Well, and to be fair, Rogers I mean, the right Bears now. went into that game the leading rushing team in the league. So right. it was understandable their that, game plan. that Dallas gave up a little bit more than they usually would to of the course. running game. But I really, I still am a firm believer that, that defense is rock solid. It all, although the, the the back end now, the, the secondary might be a little banged up, a couple of injuries. have been kind of, They've been kind of quiet on the extent of some of those jur- uh, injuries, but... Yeah, I do think they're rock solid on defense, and you start to get some, and you get a player hit like him back on the offensive line. Yeah, that's the man right there. Oh, you guys are really cementing what could be a good, good year. Of course, you still have that little team in Philadelphia where the fans aren't as friendly. And yeah, that is going to make for some good football coming into the second half of the year. And you touched earlier on this as well. Let's not forget, oh, I don't even want to say his name. We said it so much in the preseason. Uh, it was just. So much about Mr. Watson. I don't yeah. know if it's. I don't even know if he's worthy of Mr. Watson anymore. Yeah, but he he's... comes back and things will change. But won't see him in the won't see him against the Cowboys. But is technically when he comes back from suspension, he could play against Houston. But since that's his, I don't think that's going to happen. And they they pretty much said that he won't be ready. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, technically, he won't be under suspension anymore. But he won't be ready. I think he's allowed back into the facilities here pretty soon, can start yeah. practicing. I'm not sure the exact dates there, but that's the thing with the Browns winning last night. It's like they're staying somewhat alive yeah. in the division. The AFC is top ha- more top-heavy, I'd say, than the NFC is, even though the records right now are just, just all over the place. I think things will change up a little, but that'll be interesting when he comes back. But switching to the NFC, just yeah. kind of we were talking about them, uh, just to run down the standings here, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Philadelphia, obviously, number one right now. Absolutely. Now Minnesota... In that two spot, going to get TJ Hawkinson. As you mentioned before, Irv Smith, they did put on IR. So it was a needed yep. uh, pickup. And I think that the hopefully, you know, for Hawkinson's sake, I don't really want to see him in our division. But I mean, this is a good place for him, you know, as a Lions fan. I just know, listen, it, it's not where you want to be. He's been there for multiple years. That's a team that's actually doing something. Well, and so typically, I want to see him play meaningful football. Right. And typically, the NFC North is a good division for tight ends. Exactly. Usually, yeah. every team utilizes the their black tight and blue end. division, Absolutely. for sure. So, you got Minnesota at two there getting Hawkinson. That's a big pickup for them. Seattle at the three spot currently. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned before yesterday, I'd wait on them. I like them, but I like the 49ers. You don't believe more. in Geno? You uh, you're not taking the Geno juice? No, I do think Geno's got some juice. I do. But I have more faith. And Shanahan, Christian McCaffrey, and even Jimmy G. I do. I do. Oh, I think that that, that team I, is going to win the division. I agree with you. Well, I mean, they made themselves even stronger, the San Francisco 49ers, with the addition of McCaffrey, and they're using him correctly. Correct, so, because yeah. I, I mean, I say, if you just have Christian, you say he's my running back, and you line him up seven yards behind the line of scrimmage, the defense knows he's coming. Yeah. That's not usually his best games. It's right. when you're able to get him out on the, on the edges. That's when he's, and that's how San Francisco's going to use him. Debo Samuel's Debo coming Samuel, back. There you go, right I mean, there. Uh, and then. And a healthy Kittle, it's it's he's blocking a lot more, but he's again back into the rhythm there with Jimmy G. That's that's a team that's the whole whole season when it started with Trey Lance. What are they going to do? You know, let the guy play that they draft. I totally understood that, 
But I think this, oddly, this injury helped them a little bit more because now Jimmy G can go and, you know, he's won. He's taken them to Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl and he's been the NFC Championship. I mean, this this is a guy that can win them games. And I think the NFC is kind of open. Yes, Philly is undefeated. Uh, but there's Tom Brady until they really pick it back up. Yeah. I mean, that's, he's not. And then Aaron Rodgers. Those are the two two leaders of those divisions at QB, and they're just both not performing well. Again, I could see both those teams kind of saying, hey, don't forget about I'm Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. and I'm Tom Brady. Right. Tom Brady's in a little bit different situation with everything going on. but um, So we got Atlanta at four <laughs> as a four and four team. That's where I think Tom might come in later on in the season and take care see, of that division. I don't know if I that'll really last. That. Really, I disagree. I put Dallas is over that in my head. Well, okay, as the four seed, yeah. Well, just yeah. because Philly... With the the seating of it. the division Got winners, it. right? That's what I mean. Just I'm saying it from at that standpoint. We do have Dallas. I was thinking Kirk, power rankings, right? 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 right. I'm, okay. I'm talking just division as of right now. Dallas is that five number one wild card spot, which I think Philly or Dallas will probably be. They'll interchange there. I do. I, I think, think they're going to be the the top wild card most likely. The Giants, though, still alive. They're at six, and the 49ers and Commanders at that last seven spot. Technically, the Niners would have it. But those are the last two teams sneaking in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, that's... I, I would think that. And again, I think Seattle's a good team. And if Brandon was here, he would, dude, shout to everything how great that they're going to be. Yeah, I do think that they've definitely got the better of the Russell Wilson trade. They did. I mean, it's worked out. Pete Carroll's able to do more with his team, yeah. and it's a more team aspect. You, you heard, I don't know if you heard Tyler Lockett the other day saying, "Hey, this isn't all about just one player. Just taking a shot at Russell Wilson. How much right. media no, he I, attracts, it, the personality he is." Uh, and they're able to focus on the team there, and they got two great receivers. Kenneth Walker the third, the the Sparty who dropped five touchdowns in Michigan last year. <laughs> I don't forget that personally, and he's doing good things in the NFL. I mean, they got a solid team, and that defense hasn't, considering how many players have changed, it's not Legion of Boom era anymore. Uh, but that they they've stayed strong. I mean, and Geno can win them games. Geno's playing good football. I agree. Yeah. I, I I see them probably taking that division. I don't know if they're going to stay as strong as they have been. Atlanta. Jury's still out with me on Atlanta. Like you mentioned, that's where Tom Brady can come into play. Right. I think the Cowboys are in a very good situation right now where they could actually, they really could make something happen. They could, for I mean, sure. If they just have to keep watching themselves and making sure they're doing everything that they need to, and they're going to be right where they want to be when the season comes down, barring any injuries, barring anything we don't see coming this way. You look at the schedule, it's not going to be a cakewalk. they got a lot of tough games coming up, but they're manageable games. They are manageable games. They do have a tough remaining schedule. I think Green Bay coming out, they have to go up, I believe, to the Frozen Tundra for that game. Which so far hasn't been hard. Hasn't but again, been, yeah. as we I mentioned, mean, it is Aaron Rodgers. And you know at some point he's going to click in. Yeah, absolutely. Something's going to have to change there, yes. But yeah, I do think the Cowboys have a road where they can see. I mean, I definitely like the, their chances. I think they're getting stronger. And we mentioned some of the players they've got coming back. If they even add someone, if they do or they don't, by the trade deadline, I'm just kind of refreshing my phone to see if anything's happened in the last couple minutes. Yeah, this would be that last, this last would be hour. The here. last little thing. That's when it, everything kind of gets going. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm good. If you're if you're a Cowboy fan, I think we're good. Up oh, and here we go. Broncos have traded Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins. There you go. Wow. They're giving up a 2025 for fifth-round pick. For a 2023 first-round pick. So they did actually get one. But yeah, Bradley Chubb's going to be going to Miami. That's interesting. I wouldn't have seen him going there. Niners are trading uh, running back Jeff Wilson to Miami. Yep, things are going down right now. It's, Miami's been one of those teams that wants to make that jump. I don't blame them. Two a time. 
Yep. Two a time. Two a time. That's going to do it for us. I got one quick thing to all say. Right, all right. Real quick, real quick. Shout out to my, my buddy, my Ohio State buddy. Wanted to make sure that. Hey, I should what, turn your mic off as soon as you said Ohio State. <laughs> that they are also tied for second with Tennessee. So I correct myself. I'm turning your microphone off right now. <laughs> no, seriously, thanks for joining us. And we've had a great time the last couple of days. Noah, thank you for yes, stepping sir. in. Brandon's going to be back tomorrow. I'll join you thank guys you, this week. Enjoy the rest of your day. And, well, the bullpen's coming up. Well, coming to a close. But don't forget tonight at 6, at 4 o'clock. Ed and Beto with Sports Talk. You can be a sports nugget if you want to. And yeah, that's a real thing.